Before we get started with today's episode, I want to make sure and thank our sponsors, Alert Communications, Law Clerk, Clio, and Abby Connect. Law Clerk is where attorneys go to hire freelance lawyers. Whether you need a research memo or a complicated appellate brief, our network of freelance lawyers have every level of experience and expertise. Signing up is free and there are no monthly fees. Only pay the flat fee price you said. Use rebate code NEWSOLO to get a $100 Amazon gift card when you complete your next project. Learn more at lawclerk.legal. So if I was starting today as a new solo, I would be like, I'm becoming a leader. And have changed the way they're practicing. They've done it earlier. And do that by organizing what it means to be Make it easy to work with your clients. New approach, new tools, new mindset, new solo. And it's making that leap. Welcome to another episode of New Solo on the Legal Talk Network. I'm your host, Adriana Linares. If you are new here, you might not know that I'm a legal technology trainer and consultant. I spend my time helping lawyers use technology better. And I'm really excited, as I always am, with every guest who will take the time out of their busy schedule to speak with me to have Marie Stockton on today. And I invited Marie on because she is an inspiration, which is what I often try to do with the guests, find inspiring legal professionals. But Marie is an actual lawyer who um, practices very hard. And I know because Marie and I work a lot together. Marie, do you want to tell everyone a little bit about your practice and where you are and how big or small your firm is before we dive in? Sure. Real quickly, at least how it relates to you. I went solo, I guess is how you would describe it, back in 2012. So getting up to 10 years ago now. I was a WordPerfect user. There are <laughs> maybe perfect users. <laughs> three or four of us left on the planet. And Marie, before you go on, let me just explain for maybe some of our younger users who've never heard of WordPerfect. WordPerfect was the chosen word processor of most businesses, but especially of law firms before Word came along. And so I do estate planning and made a transition from litigation to transactional work and discovered that transactional attorneys have great forms at their disposal. And so I started building those forms in WordPerfect because I wanted to heavily format them to encourage people to read them, actually read them. And we've all had that experience where we look at a document full of legalese and our eyes just glaze, glaze over and we do not read it and we just sign it to save ourselves the pain. And that may or may not come back to haunt us later. We just, you know, do the Hail Mary cross over the <laughs> chest and hope that, you know, it's going to be okay. And that's not how I roll. I want my estate planning clients to read the documents over carefully, the drafts and the final versions. And so I spent a lot of time designing forms that would encourage them to be read. I can't, you know, guarantee it, but encouraging uh, readability. I got really technical with fonts and white space and all of that, which I had the ability to do myself in WordPerfect with the infamous reveal codes backdoor view, if you will. And then WordPerfect, my best friend became my worst enemy and <laughs> no one else could use it. 
with me and everyone else was using Word. And I fought long and hard, along with the, you know, the period with the two spaces. I mean, I'm old. <laughs> and I started off on typewriters and, you know, so change is hard for me. I really made several runs at Learning Word and did not graduate from any of those courses. And then I found you and my life changed, truly. <laughs> um, and the way that we did it, you got my hands on it. It wasn't sitting in a class and then learning all these things that you may or may not learn, you know, use down the line. If you can remember them, we took some real world documents that I was trying to convert and we did video sessions mm -hmm. and patience is your virtue <laughs> among many others. And um, we spent a lot of time doing that until it finally stuck in my brain. So that's kind of the backstory. Having control over the documents is the reason, I guess that's what you asked me about initially was so that I can go in and, you know, I'm a control freak. And if I want to change something quickly on the fly, I don't want to rely on anybody else. If it's something I can do myself. And so I had to learn it for self-preservation and you were a great teacher. And wow, shucks. so here we are. Let me explain that too, because obviously I have, you didn't find me on the internet like a lot of my private clients do and say, hey, I need Microsoft Word sessions. You and I met because I work part-time for the San Diego County Bar Association, where I am the technology and practice management advisor. And what happens with that arrangement is the bar pays me and then the members of the bar are able to make appointments with me to talk about and get help with whatever they need as far as practice management and technology goes. So of course I get calls on, how do I go to the cloud? Do I need Office 365? How do I show reveal codes in Microsoft Word? And you and I started working together. We're in 2021. We know we haven't seen each other in person in at least a year. And before that, I would say it was probably two years ago, do you think, Marie, that we had our first appointment? Yep, I'm guessing it's been that long. If you So what I want to point out is this isn't something that you accomplished overnight. You started with me and we do 45 minute sessions at a time. So we did baby sessions. And I think you may have come when we were meeting in person to a couple of the group sessions that I did, or at least one. So I would do a webinar during lunch or a, a, an in-person and also webinar during lunch. And you came and sort of learned the basics. And I do a very specific session called Life After Reveal Codes. And I imagine that's the one that you came to where I try to help attorneys who are former WordPerfect users. And there are more of you than you think out there. I don't know the secret club code. There's then. no meetup group for it, but you guys are <laughs> out there. You know, it can be a hard transition, but it's certainly not impossible. It's just, you really do need someone who is familiar with legal to be able to say, oh, okay, in your pleadings, when you wanted to see something in WordPerfect, you would do this. And in Word, here's how it looks. Or I guess, you know, they don't have to really be familiar with legal. They just have to understand how to communicate with lawyers. So back to you. You started with, I think, a group session. And then we, I think almost monthly, if not twice a month, you were making appointments with me because they're unlimited through the Bar Association. And we slowly chipped away, chipped away, chipped away at teaching you how to really, really master the, the look and feel of your documents. But before you were able to get to the point of the look and feel, which I do want to spend a few minutes talking about because you've done some pretty cool and unusual things, you really just learned the basics, 
right? We under, you learned how Word shows you where the codes are, which Word doesn't have necessarily reveal codes. It just sh- sort of shows you on the screen and it has the taskbar along the top that will indicate what sorts of formatting is turned on and off. So question for you is, Marie, how long do you think it took for that l- initial light bulb to go off where you started to say, oh, I think I'm getting it. And I see how Word architects a document. That's a good question, you know, and it's been a while. So I have to qualify the answer with this was sort of a labor of love that I Mm -hmm. would drag out. As I mentioned, I'm a recovering litigator and I was still litigating and (laughs) at the time. And so these master document, this master document set was just something that I would work on whenever I could. So our sessions were when I was, you know, like I had some breaks. In a lull. Yeah. yeah. So we would we would do two or three in a row, mm-hmm. really get my hands on it and start doing things over and over until I could fly on my own out of the nest. But then there would be these long gaps where I couldn't pay attention and then I would have to come back And you'd have to sort of show me again, which was, you know, frustrating for an adult who feels (laughs) like they're back with the training wheels on. But you never gave up. You know, it comes back faster. Yeah. And you had good notes. I remember you would always say, oh, yeah, it's right here in my notes. And we recorded all your sessions. And I think you would go back and actually watch them every once in a while and and be reminded. I think you also, because you did surprise me a few times with new things that you had done or discovered, I think you also did a little research on your own. Were you watching YouTube videos or anything like that? I did. I did. Uh I found, you know, and I found good ones, but you had to also filter through a lot of unhelpful stuff that is designed for a class. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) where you get a little, you know, word certificate at the end or whatever, but that's not what my goal was. My goal was to get this document looking nice so that someone can come in tomorrow and sign it. Well, I was always very impressed with your tenacity and your curiosity and also your drive for going to get that outside extra knowledge and coming back to me. When we come back from a quick break with Cleo, let's talk about your design and look and feel because I think I hinted a few minutes ago that you did some pretty unique things. In 2020, 7% of legal professionals let go of their commercial office space in favor of maintaining a virtual practice. And another 12% are unsure if they will keep their commercial office spaces in the future. I'm Joshua Lennon, lawyer in residence at Clio. There's no question that beyond the pandemic, clients will still look for the convenience of remote meetings and online communication. Already, 56% of clients prefer video conferencing over a phone call. For lawyers, this presents a major opportunity to reduce overhead, saving upwards of $10,000 per lawyer in office expenditures. The cost savings here can both help with firm profits and be passed on to clients. To learn more about these opportunities and much more for free, download Clio's Legal Trends Report at clio.com forward slash trends. That's Clio spelled C-L-I-O. Okay, and we're back. I'm talking to Marie Stockton. She's an estate planning attorney in San Diego who has been in, in the past 20 years of my training Word users, my best student ever in Microsoft Word. Marie, you said in our first segment, you really wanted to encourage your clients 
to read the documents. So you wanted a beautifully designed document. Where did you get the inspiration for that? Or why was that a thing that became important to you? Because I'm pretty sure that in law school, they didn't say to you, and by the way, you should really put a lot of thought behind the design of your documents to encourage people to read them. Where did you get that from? I think it was just the real world and my, and my own personal experience, like we were talking about. And reading something, you know, being presented with something important that you should read and not having it in you to sit there and read it. As the attorney, I want to make sure that I've got my client's estate plan memorialized correctly. And the way that that happens is I listen to them tell me what they want. I document it. They read it. And then if, if, if I did my job correctly, then they sign it. But if I made a mistake, hopefully they're going to catch it when they read it. But the key event is that they have to read it. You wanted to make sure not only was it well formatted, which of course they don't see, it's kind of like walking into a house. You don't see the construction workers building the house. You just walk in and the house is beautiful and you love it. And you don't really know what went into building it. So on top of all the work you did to architect and actually construct your documents, from the visual perspective, you're very picky about your fonts. Do you want to talk about your font? You don't have to disclose which font you use. Let's keep that one in the bag. But you studied fonts and you found fonts that you thought were beautiful and your clients would enjoy reviewing. Yeah, I guess, you know, it's not art. I'm not going to pretend it's art, <laughs> but I think I heard somewhere that Steve Jobs was very much into fonts. He studied fonts in college or something. So they, they're, they're small but important, very, very important things that you don't notice, but that can make a difference in readability. So there is an attorney who's also a typographer named Matthew Butterick, and I think he might be in the L.A. area. But he wrote a book about that. I can't remember the name of it, but if you Google Matthew Butterick, you'll find him and his work. And he keeps, I think he keeps designing fonts in his spare time and he does a little newsletter and stuff. Mm -hmm. But he was an initial resource that got me thinking about it. People up in the Bay Area that do, I forget their name, Duarte maybe, that did the slideology stuff um, to do PowerPoint, you know, if so. And that was the, the, the thing that hooked me with Word is there's all this compatibility with Excel and PowerPoint and stuff, which that's our next frontier, you and I. Ooh, that sounds fun. So let me help a little bit. That book is called Typography for Lawyers. Matthew Butterick wrote it. I, I, I want to say it was like 15 years ago, I think. And when it came out, everybody was like, oh my God, what? <laughs> this is crazy talk. If I remember correctly, which I actually have the book somewhere around here, he was a designer and a fontophile, loved fonts, and then became a lawyer and was just mortified when he would look at legal documents and his options for fonts and really believed what you believe, which is beautiful fonts, either, or the right font, create and evoke emotion in people. And, and this is the example I always use when I more when I'm talking about PowerPoint than Word is if you're designing a PowerPoint presentation and you want to inspire 
teamwork and inspiration for collaboration, you might pick a font that reminds people of a college jersey, of a football jersey that has that sort of fat font, you know, that that invokes that memory of what a team jersey would look like. If you're a school teacher and you're creating a PowerPoint for your students, then you might choose Comic Sans because it's drawn in a crayon and it's fun. And if you think about fonts like the Coca-Cola font, I just said Coca-Cola and every single listener knows exactly what that looks like because we all know what the Coca-Cola font looks like. So his goal with the book was to really also inspire lawyers to design their documents in a way that would make them really help push the emotions through the documents for what they were trying to persuade someone to believe. And a lot of his examples are here's a before and after of a, of a, of a pleading or a, a brief and what it looks like in front of a judge's eyes. So yeah, he's really great. I still get his newsletter and I hope everyone goes out there and Googles Matthew Butterick and he has fonts that he has designed and he sells just like you can go out to, you know, fonts.com and buy fonts. Um, Let's take another quick break now that we've talked about design and development and the beauty of the documents. And when we come back, I want to ask you maybe the two or three most important things that you felt you learned and and that, I mean, I, I can come up with my three if you can come up with your three of what some of those things were in becoming a pretty advanced word user. We'll be right back. All right, it's time for Melanie's next question from Starlet, which I'm very excited about. And I want to make sure and thank NOTA by M&T Bank for their support for this segment. To learn more, visit trustnoda.com. Terms and conditions may apply. A lot of people talk about things that they would like to see different in the legal profession or things that they wish they would have known going into the profession out of law school. What are three things that you would like to see change in the legal profession? I have some pretty specific opinions on that. I would like to see the Florida Bar adopt more comprehensive rules governing the professional conduct of attorneys to specifically protect lawyers, especially within you know their own firm, from discrimination and harassment based on you know any minority or marginalized status, whether it's gender, race, abilities. I think that as written, the rules do not do enough to provide for any mechanism. They don't actually do, there's no mechanism available to somebody who suffers discrimination or harassment within their own firm. And I think it's time for that to change. And when the rules become more protective of everyone, then I think that we will see more women and minorities staying in the practice of law and succeeding and rising up the ranks to become partners or own their own firms. You know, we need to provide protection first. And I hope that as, as you know, the movement with George Floyd's murder and people becoming a lot more aware of diversity and inclusion and equity issues, especially in the last year, that the Florida Bar leadership will pay attention and start moving in the right direction. The second thing that I would like to see change in the legal profession is I would like to see the sections adopt and implement real measures to increase diversity within their ranks and ensure inclusion. I think there's a lot of work that can be done by the sections that maybe the individual committees don't have the power to do. You know, for example, I serve on the statewide committee for diversity and inclusion for the Florida Bar. And I think that with the sections 
embracing the idea, we could implement real measures and real change to ensure that historically marginalized members of the bar are aware of sections, have the opportunity to participate, and have an opportunity for real inclusion because that section work is really where young lawyers can become involved with the Florida Bar and appreciate you know, what voluntary bar association work will bring to their career. And finally, another change that I'd like to see in the practice of law, understand that I work a lot in business disputes, commercial litigation, and I've seen the success that the collaborative divorce process has had in family law. And I wonder if we couldn't get enough commercial litigators on board to encourage some kind of collaborative process in the commercial side. You know, so many times businesses are small or closely held or, you know, the owners have been together so long, it feels like family. And a lot of times the big hangups on resolving those disputes aren't about money, it's personal. And because of that emotional involvement that can make, you know, it, it really can ruin people's lives when they have a business dispute gone south, especially in those smaller businesses, having, you know, a mental health person in there as well as the forensic accountant could save everybody a lot of time and money. And I think it would be interesting, you know, maybe not just in the areas that I practice in, but in other areas to explore the feasibility of the collaborative process in other practice areas. I always love hearing these questions from attorneys to another attorney. Thanks so much, Melanie and Starlet. That was your third out of four questions. So listeners, make sure you catch up with us next month for Melanie's final question. As the largest legal-only call center in the U.S., Alert Communications helps law firms and legal marketing agencies with new client intake. Alert captures and responds to all leads 24-7, 365 as an extension of your firm in both English and Spanish. Alert uses proven intake methods, customizing responses as needed, which earns the trust of clients and improves client retention. To find out how Alert can help your law office, call 866-827-5568 or visit alertcommunications.com forward slash LTN. Your legal work requires your full attention. So how can you answer all the phone calls from newer existing clients while juggling your caseload? Try Abby Connect, the friendly, industry-trained live receptionist who are well-known for consistently providing high-quality customer service, lead intake, and appointment setting to firms just like yours. Visit abby.com forward slash LTN or call 833-ABBY-WOW for your free 14-day trial and $95 off your first bill. Okay, and we're back. I'm talking to Marie Stockton, my star Microsoft Word student. I asked Marie to come on because I wanted her to inspire other attorneys to take the time to really become masters of Microsoft Word because this is where you spend most of your day. And many of you struggle, like really, really struggle with Word. And there's just a lot of simple things that you can learn. But Marie has learned a lot of advanced things because of her desire to really be able to control her documents, edit her documents, and send out beautiful documents. So Marie, I wanted to ask you, what is one of your, I'm gonna ask you for three, but let's go your turn, my turn. I'll, you know, let's, let's take turns because I've got some I wanna add too. What do you think is one of the most important things that, that you learned about Word that has made your life a little bit easier in designing these beautiful documents? 
Well, I think probably the first thing that we started working on together, which was something that wasn't really inward perfect that I had to learn new in word was styles. And I kept hearing about styles um, in these video YouTube videos, but what a style was and how you manipulate created it and manipulated it was it just eluded me. It was like a unicorn that would run by. I remember us spending a lot of time you explaining to me styles and how they work. And again, I was looking more at the visual and product, but what ended up happening as a huge bonus was that styles is a way to be more efficient. Mm -hmm. And so when you create styles and plus be have put your own imprint on a document where to the point where my goal is for a document to sit on a desk amongst others. And you can say, oh, that one's hers just by looking at it without even reading it. And so that was one thing that we spent a lot of time on with great benefit was styles. Yeah. It's definitely one of the most elusive elements of Word. And I'll just say two quick things about it. One is WordPerfect always had them. They were called quick styles, but nobody ever used them. And to very quickly summarize what a style is, it's an easy button for collecting font and paragraph formatting into one button. So every time you want a double indented quote, you design, redesign, or recreate a style for a double indented quote so that you can click a button and all of the double indented quotes look exactly the same throughout the document. So styles make formatting easy and consistent. I'll give one of my tips. If you're going to use a special font or a font that isn't on every computer on the planet, like like Marie does, or if you're going to choose to buy a special font, which it's funny because it's always estate planning attorneys that like funky fonts. I always had this firm down in Boca that loved Century School Book. All their documents were in Century School Book. If you are concerned that someone's not going to have that font and you don't necessarily want to send it as a PDF because maybe you want them to edit the document themselves, there is a very easy couple of steps you can do in Word to embed the fonts so that they travel with the document. So you can always Google that if that's something that you feel like you need to do, but it's really just like three clicks. Marie, what else was super helpful aside from styles, which I think is really, it's the, that's the heart of word is understanding how styles work. So congratulations on that. Thanks. I'm still your protege. I have not mastered it, but um, (laughs) I, I know more than I started with. That's for sure. Probably automatic numbering and paragraph numbering was another mountain that we climbed together. Because once we ha- kind of had the bones of the house, the, uh, the framing done, then I wanted the ability to be able to pull paragraphs, insert paragraphs or sections, and have all the numbering change, which had a huge bonus uh, of accuracy. Yeah, I would definitely say that that's another big mountain to climb. You're right. And aside from just getting the bullets and the numbering and the complex numbering, as I call it, which is critical. It also, you mentioned sections and page breaks are important in creating what I refer to as complex page numbering, where you've got Roman numerals on the table of contents, if there's a table of authorities, Roman numerals, and then Arabic numbers on the body of the document. And then if there were exhibits like in a pleading, you would have maybe A-1. So understanding how to do that stuff, which look, it's not hard, right? We're not, we didn't shoot ourselves into the edge of space 
and learning to do this, but it does just take some time and, and some patience. So I would say that would be my next tip is understanding sections and page numbers. What else was a lot of help to you? I think probably next we jumped into headers and footers and understanding how to manipulate those, especially with first pages being different than succeeding pages. All the dominoes started falling once you gave me powers. Um, (laughs) I wanted to to exercise them and and we did. And for the record, I never touched your documents. You did everything. I just watched over your shoulder, but you sat there and you banged away and and learned all those skills yourself. So it's pretty awesome. And your documents are beautiful and they are long documents. And your page numbering is always right. Your numbering is right. Your cross-references work. Table of contents. Those table of contents are automatically generated. I mean, it's amazing. So thank you, Marie. You Lawyers like you, make my job an absolute pleasure. It's it was it's really fun and still today I think we just had a session last month when you said, "Oh, I'm you know, blown off the cobwebs, got to do a little work, you know, <laughs> and then in the attic for this baby." And you came back and saw me and um it's really a pleasure and I really really appreciate you taking the time. You know, you're you're moving back to your brick and mortar office after the light at the end of the tunnel has started to open post pandemic. So I really appreciate you taking the time to talk with me and hopefully inspire lawyers. If if you could give me a closing inspirational thought, Marie, for other attorneys to take the time to learn word, it would be awesome. Just find a good teacher like I did. Somebody that will get your hands on yourself that can guide you and that's patient and super smart. And I'm talking to that person. And if Adriana's too busy, try to find somebody else like her because she knows what she's doing and she's patient and she's kind and she's fun. And I'm very, very grateful. So I'm happy to to spend more time with you doing this. Well, I'll just wait for that new appointment to come in from you. I'll throw out a couple of great resources out there in the legal tech world. Deborah Saavedra, she's the legal guru, office legal guru. I think. Anyway, you can Google her. And Baron Henley over at Affinity Consulting and Mark Unger are a couple of other great consultants and trainers. If you don't like me, you can certainly find someone out there that do what I do. If, if not as good as I do, definitely better. They're, they're wonderful. So we are out there. And on top of that, of course, there's YouTube and Linda. They don't necessarily come at you if you're going to go to an open source like that with legal specific, but it's all there. There's nothing hidden. Everyone's got all kinds of great training sessions and videos and courses out there. So I do really encourage every attorney to take the time and learn how to use Word. It's It's your tool you use for your craft, and it's so important. And I really hate seeing attorneys struggle with it, which I'll tell you, 20-something years later, I still see attorneys young, new, retired, recovering, fresh out of law school, struggling with your most critical tools. So I hope this um, conversation with wonderful Marie has inspired everyone to become better word users. Thanks, Marie. If anyone wants to find friend, follow you, or just say, oh my God, inspire me to learn this crap. How can they get a hold of you, Marie? <laughs> uh, StocktonEstatePlanning.com is my website. Marie at StocktonEstatePlanning.com is my email. And if anyone's looking for an attorney in, or an estate planning attorney in Southern California, there you are. One of the best with beautiful documents. Thanks, Adriana. Thank you, Marie. 
All right, everyone, we've reached the end of another fun episode of New Solo on Legal Talk Network. If you like what you've heard today, please leave us a good rating on iTunes. And don't forget, you can always find, friend, or follow me at lawtechpartners.com. Hope you all have a wonderful, wonderful rest of your day, and I look forward to seeing you on the next episode of New Solo. I've been running from nine to five, been biting my tongue for all this time. Won't let anyone cut me short. I was thinking this was the way to go And you put up your puppet show I say cheers to life